0: to Wednesday, middle of the week, but still doing the same old thing. Giving you the best. The number one form of Crimson Tide football. News, notes, and information of the number one ticket for all things Bama football. In my own words, yours truly, the hype man for Crimson Tide football conversation, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming this to you on YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, give a like on the show, give us that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have all the coverage on your favorite program. Also, we are streaming this to you through Facebook and Twitter as well. So, no excuse whatsoever for you not to be locked into the number one forum here and discussing your Alabama Crimson Tide. Got a lot to dive into, a lot to discuss, a lot to chat about on today. So much going on. And we want you as the fans being a part of the show. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. That is the number to let your voice be heard here on the show 205-448-1358 and one more time 205-448-1358 a little bit later on in the show we'll be joined by the real legend the real mvp the real boots on the ground the guy that's really getting it done our own justin smith the scouting and recruiting analyst for touchdown alabama magazine guys shout out my man john ivory in the production studio one time doing his thing happened to have john in here gotta make a couple of other shout i have to make a couple of other shout outs as well how about uh, former alabama how about former alabama baseball pitcher spencer turnbull turnbull became the fifth major league pitcher to toss a no hitter this season for the detroit tigers turnbull worked nine innings complete game shutout nine innings No walks, no runs, nine strikeouts, getting it done, getting that no-hitter there, doing his thing, uh, representing Alabama baseball to the best and the brightest there. Also, got to shout out my man, uh, uh, Tino Sanceri, of whom served the last two years at the University of Alabama as an in-house recruiter and a graduate assistant on staff working with quarterback Sanceri, has, is now, has accepted a job with James Madison University as its quarterback's coach. So wishing the best there for one Tino Sanceri and shout now of uh, the man Spencer Turnbull, Getting that no hitter there for the Detroit Tigers, but we start the show off with this right here. It is set, people. It is set. Alabama, Miami, two big programs. The matchup squaring off on Saturday, September fourth, inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Two thirty Central PM, two thirty PM Central Time. Kickoff. ABC will be airing the matchup. This is going to be a very fun very entertaining, a very cool game right here. And first and foremost, just right out of the gate right here for Coach Saban, this is his 15th season as the head man for the Crimson Tide. But this will be his third time, his third opportunity to start the year in Atlanta and in the year, by winning a national championship, he did it in 2009 where Alabama took on Virginia Tech, Tyrod, uh, Tyrod Taylor and company in Atlanta for the, for the Peach Bowl or the Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A uh, Peach Bowl kickoff game. And then it ended up with Alabama being in Atlanta for the SEC championship rematch, beating Tim Tebow and the Florida Gators. And of course, Alabama would go on to capture its first national championship of the Saban era. Beating the Texas Longhorns, and then 2017, Saban started the year off in Atlanta facing Jimbo Fisher in Florida State, getting the 24 to seven win. Now, unfortunately, it did not compete for the SEC title. However, it would find itself back in back in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium to take on the Georgia Bulldogs in the national championship game, getting the 26 to 23 comeback victory. So, for the third time in Saban's tenure here. Now, he's got this opportunity to not only just start the year in Atlanta, but finish being a national champion of college football. But another big thing here about this game is the marriage, the connection between Bill O'Brien, first-year offensive coordinator for Alabama, and Bryce Young, a first-year starting quarterback here for the Crimson Tide. And the reason why this is going to be very Important here, coming out against Miami to open the season up, a full capacity crowd, fans going crazy. You know the, the importance of having these two guys on the same page is. If you look at you know you guys as the Bama fan base, you have gotten very keen on uh, the play calls that the offensive coordinator will run uh, during the first game of the season, and uh, since Saban has been here. We've seen the Alabama offense evolve from uh, Major Applewhite being the first offensive coordinator. I know that name is way back through the time capsule. But from Major Applewhite to Steve Sarkeesian, we have seen uh, the evolution of the Alabama offense. I remember personally with Jim McElwain and Doug Nussmeier, you knew what the first play of the game was going to be. It was either going to be a run up the middle or a run to the left side, a run off the right side, a stretch play off the left side, stretch play off the right side, power run. You know, build off of that with play action. You you knew coming in with McElwain and Doug Nussmeyer what the play calls were going to be for Alabama. And then uh, Lane Kiffin comes in. In 2014, he kind of gives the offense a a bit of a facelift, an upgrade, if you will, and that instituted the jet sweeps. You knew a jet sweep was going to happen with Lane Kiffin and using Ardarius Stewart, and you knew at what point in time that jet sweep was going to come. Now, of course, Kiffin also did RPOs. He did a lot of different things to provide Alabama with an explosive space type of offense, but you knew when those jet sweeps were coming. And then Brian Dable, Comes in and he kind of institutes more of that downfield vertical passing game, especially in the national championship game. Tua Tungavanoa coming off the bench there to replace Jalen Hurts in the second half against Georgia. Uh, Dable really pulled out the play sheet and went vertical, stretched the field, downfield aerial attack against the Bulldogs. And then behind. Dable, you had Michael Loxley, who kind of did what, what, what Coach Lox did. He fine-tuned what Kiffin brought in with the RPOs, but with Coach Lox, you start to see more of those slant patterns, take it to the house on those five to ten yard routes, whether they were slants, drag routes, dink and dunk routes. You saw that short passing game uh, break forth to be an explosive plays. That thing was started. That thing was carried on by Coach Locks, and then Steve Sarkeesian sort of brought in the whole West Coast style where he takes a little bit of what everybody else brought in before him, and he put his own spin to it, his own swag to it, his own style to it. We have seen the evolution of the Alabama offense, but looking at Bill O'Brien and Bryce Young, what could the first play call, what could the first drive, what could the first possession really be between these two against Miami to open the season September 4th, uh, You know, ABC calling the game? What, what could that first play call be? What could that first drive be? What could that first you know, possession be? And this is what everybody is kind of really, truly excited, jumping up and down, amped up about because O'Brien coming in from the NFL, he's bringing so many of those tendencies from when he coached the New England Patriots, from where he coached the Houston Texans, even in college football where he had the Penn State Nittany Lions, he did some different things with that program as well. So you as Alabama fans are kind of scratching your brain, wondering with bated breath, wondering with anticipation, what could we see, you know, that first drive with O'Brien coming out with his play sheet. What is he going to have Bryce Young doing just off the rip, out the gate? Is it going to be – Open the game up with a run play with the Brian Robinson with the Jace McClellan with the Roydale Williams or whoever touches the ball first at running back? Or do we see, you know, Bill O'Brien come out of the gate, play action, come out of the gate, you know, RPOs, coming out, out of the gate, slant patterns. Like what could we expect to see? What could we, you know, feast our eyes on when you look at the crimson tie offensively right out of the gate with a brand new offensive coordinator and a brand new uh a brand new quarterback, brand new trigger man, brand new front man of the offense, especially when you talk about facing a Miami team where its fan base is, it has been talking about, hey, you know, we can hang with Alabama, we can compete with Alabama, we can ride with Alabama. Like we got our own quarterback in De'Eric King. He's an athlete. He's a dual threat. He can make it do what it do. He can make some plays happen. Like we we got the squad down here and the turnover chain down here at the U at Miami that can do some things and that can run with the horses that Alabama's got over there and. So with the confidence that Miami's going to look to bring in here, with the confidence that DeRa King's going to look to bring in here, most importantly, the confidence that the Hurricane defense is going to try to bring in here, the question that you, as Alabama fans, that's lodged into your brain right now is, you know, we, we we saw what the first play calls of Jim McElwain became, and Doug Nussmeier became, and, and Lane Kiffin became, and and Brian Dayball, and, and Michael Oxley, and Steve Sarkeesian, but what could the first play call, the first drive, the first possession, what kind of a vibe, what kind of a feeling, what type? of of excitement, can we see what type of excitement will be given off in discussing Ben O'Brien and Bryce Young, the marriage that that's going to be, that that's going to do on the field here, First game, first game of the season. Along with that, you can also throw in, now, what can we see from Alabama's defense in the first game of the season against the Eric King and this Miami Hurricane offense? Will we see you know, Pete Golden turn the horses loose? Will we see him call these blitz packages? Will we see him call these stunts, these different looks, these different formations where he's sending Will Anderson? He's sending Chris Allen. He's sending Christian Harris. He's sending Tim Smith, Fadarian Mathis, LeBron. Ray. He's sending these guys. Could we see moments where he sends Malachi Moore? on a corner blitz off the edge. Like, like, what could we see from Pete Golding in this first matchup against Miami from a defensive perspective? But the main thing here is the key thing, people, Alabama, Miami, Miami. First game of the season, it's set Saturday, September 4th, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. 2.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff. ABC will be calling the game. Mercedes-Benz will be at full capacity for this matchup. Fans are going to be going crazy. they are going to be back in there watching Alabama football. So, I mean, what are you expecting to see in this first matchup when you talk about this offense? Ben O'Brien and uh, Bryce Young. But we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that down. We're just getting started. Upon our return, we take your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your chats. We'll get to a dialogue with you right after
1: this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up.
2: Remember the taste of grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily'sHeirloomPoundCakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from
1: scratch you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: All right, folks, we're back in, baby, back in from the break to the action number one forum for Crimson Tide football news on a hump day. In my own words, George Trilly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate everybody tuning into the show on this evening. And before we, take, before we go to the phone lines to take your calls, call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, we have a Super Chat to get to. How about Brigham Kilgore? Brigham Kilgore, that $14.99 donation to the Super Chats. Appreciate the love coming from one Brigham Kilgore as always, tie fans, that daily Super Chat goes $75. Daily Super Chat goal right there, $75. Appreciate the love, the passion, the support that you show us here on the show. But once again, we get into the phone lines to take your calls. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. You got a call, you got a conversation, you have a concern, that's the number right there. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you. But as you're getting your thoughts together, we're going we're gonna to transition here. To a quick topic. Congratulations to Patrick Sertan the second, the former Alabama defensive back, becomes the second Crimson Tide player from this recent draft to sign his contract for a pro team coming behind Jalen Waddell. Uh, Sertan's deal. Four years, $21 million, fully guaranteed a $12.6 million signing bonus. He's got that fifth-year option available as well. Sertan was taken at number nine overall in the first round by those Denver Broncos. So he's back with Jerry Judy. The two Florida guys are going to be able to compete against each other, make each other better. Also, Sertan with Kareem Jackson, who is with the Broncos as well, a guy that's going to be a huge leadership piece to help uh, Sertan transition to help Sertan really get down the NFL game, so really big ups to him, big props to him, Sertan getting the contract, getting the contract signed and everything well taken care of. He actually had a really good minicamp camp for the Broncos, and, and all the Bama rookies had strong mini camps. I mean, Devonte Smith had a strong mini camp for the Eagles. Nick Sirianni, head coach, just cannot stop talking about him. Landon Dickerson made it out there on the field for the mini camp. Uh, also, Jalen Waddle strong mini camp there for the Dolphins. Brian Flores, Tua Tagovailoa, very happy to have Waddle. When you discuss Mac Jones, a report came out that, you know, Mac you know blew people away with his skill set, his accuracy, his leadership. Should that report be accurate coming from uh, the guys that were floating it out there? This could be a very interesting training camp when you talk the Patriots. If Mac can beat out Cam Newton, if Mac Jones beats out Cam Newton and it's week one, Dolphins, Patriots with Mac versus Tua, that's going to be a fun matchup right there. Christian Barmore, a strong minicamp in his regard. Uh, Najee Harris, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in love. They are loving them some Najee Harris, whether it's Mike Tomlin, the head coach, or Cameron Hayward, a veteran defensive lineman for the team. I mean, the people have come together. They are all in on Najee. They like what he does at the backfield, they like what he does running with power. In between the tackles, having the speed to bounce plays to the outside. So everybody that was drafted from the Crimson Tide in this recent venue all had strong, strong minicamp. So uh, prior to those guys, looking forward to seeing what they do as they enter training camp and as they try to push for starting spots for the upcoming NFL season. But kudos to Patrick Sertan for signing his four-year Fully guaranteed rookie deal there for the Broncos. But we take a break right now on the show. Upon our return, we catch up with my man Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, the talk 2022 class and beyond for Bama. We catch up with Justin after this. we are back in here folks back into the action from the break of a number one ticket for crimson todd football news in my own words yours truly stephen smith of touchdown alabama magazine and right now we head on over to the in my own words hotline we pick up the real legend the real boots on the ground the real guy doing the work right here it's none other than our own Justin Smith the scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA Justin my man you are everywhere but happy that you took time to be with us on the show how you doing man what's happening with you?
3: I'm doing really good, Steven. <laughs>
0: Happy to have Justin in here, folks. If you have not checked out his show of The Process, which comes out every Tuesday and Thursday on our YouTube channel here for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. You got to check out The Process every Tuesday and Thursday as Justin doing it like nobody else can, breaking down these young athletes, these recruits here on the trail. But, Justin, one person that you have spoken with this week, and you and I both talked about it, is T.J. Finley, the quarterback from LSU, who is currently in the transfer portal. Uh, Alabama played against Finley last season at Death Valley Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, and Finley had some good moments there in that game, uh, despite him being pulled for Max Johnson for the latter portion of that matchup, but Finley, you know, you know team, people have been saying that Finley's more so linked to Auburn and other programs where his transfer destination could be, but he's actually interested in coming to Alabama. When you and I both talk, so realistically here, Justin, do you see T.J. Finley coming to Alabama? Is there actually a possibility? Does Finley end up with the Crimson Tide in your mind? I think
3: I think it definitely is a possibility, but I don't see it. If I had to make a prediction today, I don't I don't think he would come to Alabama, I don't think the situation is the best in terms of what class he is in trying to transfer and play quarterback at the University of Alabama. You have Bryce Young, who looked like he was the starter during the spring. You also have guys who have been in the program for quite some time now. We look at Paul Tyson, and you also have a rising freshman and Jalen Miro. So it would definitely be a competitive battle, if you will, to come to the university Of Alabama, but if he wants to go to most of the schools that he is considering, he is going to have to fight against some top players to possibly get a starting quarterback position. So that is pretty much the same across the board when it comes to the programs that he is considering. But but during my conversation with them, he did tell me that he was interested in Alabama. He respects the program. They did recruit him hard during the 2020 recruiting cycle, so he has a relationship with Alabama's coaching staff, with Nick Saban. It is not surprising that he is in talks with Alabama, that they are communicating. It is a bit surprising that he would even consider Alabama because when you look at their current quarterback depth, but it's not surprising that Alabama is in the mix. It's hard to say that he would come to Alabama. It's sort of hard to see that, but he is definitely interested. We have seen Alabama hit the transfer portal quite quite a few times over the last couple of weeks when you look at Henry Tortore, Jameson Williams, and also looking at the transfer punter that they got recently. So it would not be surprising if Alabama went to the transfer portal. I don't think it would be for T.J. Finley. It's kind of hard to see him coming to Tuscaloosa. But another, another thing I would close out on is when you look at Alabama's quarterback depth, it is not crazy to think that he could possibly come to Alabama because it is a bit of a window in terms of if he will be even able to play immediately. He probably sit out a year and that probably would open up a space for him to possibly find room in an Alabama depth, depth chart as far as the quarterback position is concerned in the future. But I don't see it at the moment.
0: If you're just tuning into the show on a Wednesday, we have Justin Smith, the scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama magazine, talking 2022 recruiting and beyond. So, Justin, as we dive into these athletes right now, we look at one Curtis, uh, Curtis Jackson here out of uh, – Curtis Jackson here out of Parkview High School in – well, Park Crossing High School, excuse me, in Montgomery. And I remember you talked about this young man. Just he's got such an ability to be – well, Curtis Perry, excuse me, Curtis Perry, my, my apologies on that, from uh, out of Montgomery. But you talked about him being such a dominant force there on the defensive line. What really sets him apart to you? What speaks out to you about Perry's game, especially when you look at Obama you know, continuing to make that defensive line a priority, make that defensive line a point of emphasis? What sticks out to you about Perry's game up front?
3: I mean, it's this combination of size and speed. It's just a prospect who could be a defensive tackle at the next level. He could grow into that position, but he could also be an inline defensive end, so he has some versatility. He is really athletic. Park Crossing High School likes to use him as a running back in goal line situations, even use him as a running back when they're going into more of a power formation. So he is an athletic defensive player. The biggest thing that I think really stands out about this game, the thing that I really like, is his aggressiveness. I had an opportunity to see him play against Carver Montgomery this past season, and he was one of the more aggressive players on every snap. He never lost his aggressiveness. He played aggressive throughout that game, and I think Alabama is looking for aggressive defensive linemen. You love to have guys who are dogs along that defensive front. And Curtis Perry is really a true dog, and I think that is why several schools – across the nation are going after him. We look at programs like Ohio State. He is definitely a national recruit. It's going to be great that Alabama is getting him on campus on June 1st, basically the first day that they are allowed to host college recruits again. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for Alabama to continue building their relationship with Perry because he has been a priority for them in this 2022 recruiting class for at least more than a year now.
0: So, Justin, as, as we look at now an offensive lineman and Jacob Sexton out of Oklahoma, I, I, quite a few programs have offered this young man. Alabama's offered him Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Texas with Steve Sarkeesian as the new head coach down there. But when you look at Sexton, I remember you talked about his primary recruiter was Carl Scott at one point in time. Scott's gone now to the NFL. But Doug Marone has done a great job taking over as Sexton's primary recruiter. The secondary guy is Jay Villar, the defensive backs coach out of Dallas, Texas. So, in your opinion, how has Coach Marone kept that connection Kept that, uh, that bond there with Sexton to make sure that if Alabama can get him, he's the one that gets Sexton to sign. Did you just talk about what Marone has done and keeping tabs on uh, Jacob Sexton? Decent job coming in, building a relationship with several. Alabama's offensive line
3: targets. When he when I got an opportunity to speak with um Jacob Sexton, he said he was in contact with Alabama on at least a weekly basis. So I think the biggest thing that Doug Morone has done is come in after Carl Scott left the University of Alabama and departed at the end of, of last season. He has come in and basically picked up where Scott left off and had an opportunity to. Try to continue building their relationship with Sexton, made him comfortable enough to lock in an official visit to the University of Alabama from June 4th to June 6th. That is his first official visit. Doug Marone getting Sexton to basically lock in his first official visit to the University of Alabama pretty much paints the picture of the job that he has done during his time being the main recruiter for Jacob Sexton. When you look at Sexton's game, there's a lot to like about him as well. Looking at a six foot six. 285-pound offensive tackle, a guy who can move pretty well. He needs to work on his bending a little bit, but he's a guy who has a lot of potential. Just one of the many offensive linemen who will be in Tuscaloosa at some point during this um, summer. So I think Doug Marone has done a great job with Jacob Sexton, but he has done a great job communicating and connecting with several of Alabama's offensive line targets in this 2022 recruiting class.
0: If you're just tuning into the show, ladies and gentlemen, we got Justin Smith, the scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama magazine on the line, talking 2022 recruiting and beyond. So Justin, Ty Simpson, five-star quarterback, is competing in the Elite 11 uh, competition in Tennessee, this guy, big arm, big ability. You've been around him. What are you expecting to see from Ty Simpson? How, how 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 dominant do you think he can be in the Elite 11 competition? And most importantly, do you think he will be the only quarterback that Alabama recruits in the 2022 class?
3: Yeah, if he keeps his um, verbal commitment to the Crimson Tide, I feel he will be the only quarterback Alabama takes in this 2022 recruiting class most definitely. He has always been a kid that has shown great accuracy on the move, has shown that he can make plays out of anything, making something out of nothing, a guy who can throw the football from a lot of different angles. And that's what I am most excited to see when it comes to him competing at the Elite 11 Finals in Nashville, Tennessee, in the month of June. I'm excited to see how he performs in a controlled environment, how he stands out, how I hear about him standing out in terms of the in-class activities that they will be doing, do, they will be doing during that particular time at the Elite 11 Finals as well. So he's a kid who has always had that big arm, a kid who is making plays on the baseball diamond at the moment as for rescue High School as well as he continues to try to go through spring football. So Alabama is getting a kid who is ready to compete. I think he is going to be Big time for Alabama this summer in terms of being a recruiter. We have seen guys in Alabama's recruiting class in the past put on their recruiting hat and basically recruit for Alabama during the summer, especially during the COVID, when they were not able to host guys. You had to depend on guys who were able to get in contact and see these guys in person. But now you're going to have these guys on campus again. I expect Ty Simpson to be in Tuscaloosa a lot, putting on his recruiting hat, trying to get guys to commit to Alabama.
0: So before we, we get to the final question here on Kyrie Jackson here, Justin, the, the thing that Alabama fans want to know so badly is what becomes of JT Like That's the guy – everybody's trying to figure out where does he go, where does he end up. People are really sort of wrecking their brain to figure out what becomes of Tua on this 2021 recruiting circuit. So has there been any news on your end, Justin? Have you been able to figure out anything on where could he be leaning, where could he be going? What's the latest right now on on Tua from from what you've gathered?
3: Well, in terms of him, I know that Alabama – was recruiting him hard. They are still um, interested in him. When you look at his recruitment, it's kind of interesting, and I guess it is a product and is a result of COVID nineteen how it has impacted recruiting in general. He is basically rubbing a rubbing against when guys will enroll. A lot of guys, well, most guys in college football are going to enroll at some point. At some point, this month, when it comes to the guys in the 2021 recruiting class. He does have an opportunity to take visits on June 1st. He wanted to take visits. That's one of the reasons, the main reason why he pushed off his commitment and has held off from making a decision for so long. So he he will have a window to do so. But it it all depends on when he wants to possibly make a decision, get out to these schools. He is an interesting prospect because he's one of the top prospects overall in in that 2021 recruiting class. So wherever wherever school he wants to go, they will most likely still take him.
0: Last quick one here on R N Justin. We have Justin Smith here on the line, touchdown. Alabama magazine scouting and recruiting analyst. When you look at Kyrie Jackson, the JUCO from East Mississippi uh, Community College, do you see this young man getting? Uh, do you see this young man potentially getting a lot of playing time here in the upcoming season, especially with all the defensive backs that Alabama has?
3: I can tell you one thing, Steven. He is really confident. He's a really confident player. When I interviewed him recently, he told me that he feels he can shut down an entire side of the football field. So he is very confident in his ability. I think he's going to take that confidence in Tuscaloosa. And this is a prospect who actually plays with a lot of confidence. When you see him play in the secondary, how smooth he looks how under control he looks. You can tell that he's a guy who's confident in his ability, confident in his speed, confident in his athleticism, confident in his ball skills. And I think that is going to translate to the University of Alabama once he actually enrolls. So he's he's a very um, confident player, like I said. I am interested in seeing how he will compete and fight against Guys like Jalen Armour Davis, guys like Quincy McKinstry for that cornerback spot. I think he is a natural cornerback player. So I think that is, that is the position that he is definitely going to play. And Alabama has communicated that with him that they want him, they, they want him to be an outside corner. He feels he plays that position very well. So he's going to be competing with, like I said, guys like Jalen Armour Davis and Ja'Quincy McKinstry to possibly be a starting corner alongside
0: Joe. He's Justin Smith, ladies and gentlemen, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate him coming on to give us some nuggets here on the recruiting trail. Justin, man, appreciate you. Be safe. Take care of yourself, buddy. Be good. You do the same, Absolutely. Always great to have Justin here on the show, providing us all things on, in Bama recruiting. We take a break right now, but upon our return, we jump back into the phone lines to take your calls. We'll be back after this.
1: Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com now to get your four finger bling necklace.
0: All right, folks, we are back in from the break on a Wednesday hump day. Number one ticket for Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate everybody for tuning in to the show on this evening. We're back. into the call segment here. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. You got thoughts. You got opinions. You got questions. Now is your time to get those in. Phone lines open, 205 205- 448 1358. And one more time, 205 448 1358. We grab a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on?
4: Hey, Justin, how you doing, man?
0: I'm fine. Well uh, yourself.
4: How you doing, man? Uh, I, I want to say I enjoy your show and everything. Uh, I just got a question. Is, 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 I was looking at a YouTube. Uh, channel other night, uh, it might be a rumor, they were saying something about Justin Ross could be coming back home from Clemson, could be choosing either Auburn or Alabama, thinking about transferring. Uh, Is that any truth to that or just, just a
0: rumor? That was a rumor and Justin Ross put an end to it on his Twitter page saying he is not leaving Clemson.
4: Oh, okay. Well, I thought that would have been, been a good thing for him to come on back to Bama. See, I, I'm from Phoenix City also. I know him. I don't know him personally, but, it, you know, he's from my hometown. He kind of disappointed me when he went to Clemson and didn't come to the Tide. But, but, you know, I, we still support him and everything. But that would sure have been nice if he came back and played his final season with, back in his home state.
0: I mean, the earth, so, I mean, earth, earth would have exploded if he would have came back home.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know, but uh, but uh, we had some good ones come through, though. You know, four four first round draft picks, so we 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 wasn't missing anything. But it would have been nice for the homeboy would have stayed uh, and play with the Tide, and uh, also Pickens. You know, he went to Georgia, so we you know it's two good two of our good talented receivers have left the state. But like I said, we had first. Four first-round draft picks, so we can't complain about it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, my, pre, appreciate the call, my man. You take care. Thanks, appreciate man. Appreciate that Thanks. call. Uh-huh. Appreciate that call right there from that fan of uh, calling in, talking about one Justin Ross. It, it'd been cool if Justin Ross would have sat there and, and stayed or, or returned to Alabama, but. It is what it is. We got a couple of Super Chats to get to right now. And first and foremost, we got Brigham Kilgore again with that $14.99. Appreciate that from Brigham Kilgore. And then Jimmy Clay, boom, baby, bam, baby, Jimmy. The baddest donator in the game, Clay, with that 25 And then McConic right behind Jimmy Clay with that 22 Oh, two. So appreciate Brigham, Kilgore, McCannick, and Jimmy Clay showing us the love. And with that being said, how about it, folks? That super chat go of $75 has been met thanks to you, the fans, 205-448-1358. Is the number to call in. We take our second call. You're live on the show. What's going on? Roll Tide, Steven. Roll Tide to you. New no Jack, what's happening, baby? New no Jack.
2: Hey man, you know, I don't got nothing new to say, really. I'm just calling in because you know I love the show, and I was I was recollecting one time uh, right after we beat LSU, uh, I, I saw old Trent Richardson and Dre Kirkpatrick, and I told them something, and. Right now, I just want to tell all the Miami Dolphins the same thing, and here it is. Just give me a second. Yay, Alabama, drown, I'm tired. Every Bama man's behind you, hit your stride. Go teach the bulldogs to behave. Send the yellow jackets to a watery grave. And if the man starts the weekend, that's a shame for Bama plucking grit. Have it, her name in crimson flame. Fight on, fight on, fight on, man. Remember the Rose Bowl will win, then go roll the victory, hit your stride. your Dixie football pride, Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, Roll Tide.
0: We got the full fight song from New Jack. Appreciate New Jack calling in right there. The full fight song coming from New Jack. Got to appreciate the pride and the passion right there. As always, people, 205-448-1358. That is the number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. We're going to go to a quick topic right here, and it goes to the most talked-about quarterback this offseason. And, no, I'm not referring to Tom Brady. It's Tua tonga Tua tonga the most talked-about quarterback this offseason. People feel like he can't do it. He can't get it done. Miami needs to move off of him, take another quarterback. Tua has heard all the naysay. He's heard all the junk. He is ready to put this stuff to bed, and this dude – is moving the, the mobility the agility the movements the footwork he, he's back to form y'all he's back to form pre-injury he is looking really really good he's built the physique up the legs are back moving strong the hip is looking the hips looking fluid he's about to be you know two years removed from that hip injury he suffered in 2019 Tua is looking real real good the rest of the NFL get ready. The rest of the pro game get freaking ready because Tua is about to go out here and do his thing year two with the Miami Dolphins. So proud to see this man looking good, moving good, throwing well, maneuvering, ready to show the people he can get this thing done in the pros. But we take another break right now on the show. But upon our return, we're going to get into a little conversation. Javon Baker or Treshawn Holden, who is ready to really pop? Because both of these dudes are fighting like two children going after the last piece of pork chop in the kitchen. Who is ready to do something? Javon Baker or Treshawn Holden? We'll talk about it after this. We are back into the action, folks, from the break of a number one ticket for Bama football news and entertainment. In my own words, George Truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, appreciating every one of you tuning into the show on a wednesday thank you guys so much for making this show your show but before we get to the final topic of conversation gotta remind you of tdaware.com that is tdaware.com so for all of you fans still overjoyed with the tides national championship we want you to check out our championship collection merch now this means you grab you an 18 of them things folk t-shirt hoodie, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18 We Do shirts, designs that feature all 18 championship years. On the back, you head over to tdaware.com. Do it right now, tdaware.com. Go to the Championship Collections merch tab and get you those shirts. Copy that gear today, showing that support for Coach Saban, the student-athletes of University of Alabama, and us here at TDA. But final topic of conversation. And it goes to, you know, Alabama's got a young receiver room. A young, talented, but unproven receiver room. And we, we know what John Mechie can provide. He stepped up a bit last year, and he showed that he can be explosive. And now he's trying to be the number one guy in the room. You know, Slade Bolden's going from being a gadget player to, a marquee contributor at that position. So, in Alabama's even brought in a transfer from Ohio State in Jamison Williams. And he's got speed. He's got tools. He's got talent. It's going to be fun to see how Alabama incorporates him into the offense. But the purpose of this topic, you got two sophomores, two second-year receivers. They both came in the 2020 class. And these two kids are arguing like two young children fighting over the last drumstick in the kitchen. They're fighting over that last piece of pork chop. I mean, the, the, the conversation is, uh, Trey, Sean Holden and Javon Baker are both saying, I'm gonna make these folks feel me. You know, it's my time, it's my time. I'm gonna make these folks feel me. I'm gonna make these folks feel where I'm coming from. I'm gonna make these folks feel my presence. I mean, they're, they're both saying the same things. and. It's good to talk about it. It's good to pump yourself up. It's good. But for you, the Alabama fan base, it's okay. Which one of you is going to really emerge? Which one of you is going to really take that next step? Because both guys have size. Uh, Baker at 62 a buck 95 a little bit over he's going to be over 200 pounds now holding at 63 208 so they both got size they both got physicality they both got some traits they bring to the table that make them that can make them pretty productive wide receivers but i mean we have seen this the last – We've seen this before. I mean, Javon Baker last year was talking this. I'm going to make these folks feel me. I'm going to make these folks feel where I'm coming from. And people wanted to see Baker do it last year. And they were waiting for it. And they were calling for it. And he didn't get a chance to really, really do anything. So we're chalking that up to COVID. But now, you know, uh, this time around, here comes Treshawn Holden. I'm going to make y'all feel me. I'm going to make this thing do what it do for real, for real. And uh, Holden, to his credit, He had a good spring game, eight, uh, nine catches for 89 yards, you know, had that connection going with, with with Bryce Young at quarterback. So Treshawn Holden, he did some things. I'm not going to take anything from him because he did do some things in the spring game. But the question becomes which one of these two, if not both pops out, because for you, the fans, a lot of y'all are waiting to see. Well, you know, Holden and, and Baker are good, but I want to see a Jai Hall. You know, a Ja Hall, the freshman, now, that's the guy that stole the show. That's who I want to see. You know, for a lot of y'all, it's, you know, I want to see this Christian Leary kid. I want to see the JoJo Earl A. I want to see JoJo Earl. I want to see Ja'Cory Brooks. I, I, I want to see the young guys behind Medici and behind Bolden and behind Xavier Williams if the zigzag can finally put it all together. I want to see all these, these young. Cats, and then the transfer from Ohio State, you know, I want to see him, too, what he can bring to the table. But if, if any of these two sophomores between uh, Baker and Holden pops out, I mean, which one can it be? So, first and foremost, I mean, let's talk about Javon Baker, shall we? Coming over from McEachern High School, you know, Powder Springs, Georgia, 6'2", you know, a little over 200 pounds. Now, I remember when he came in. The summer of 2020, uh, he had, you know, Terrell Shavers and Chadarius Towson kind of scared a little bit as both of those two jumped into the transfer portal. And, you know, everybody kept talking about, you know, Baker's going to be the guy. Baker's going to hit the field. Baker's going to be special. Baker's going to be a stud. Our, our own Justin Smith scouted out Baker a whole lot. And, you know, Justin had a lot of good good clips there, a lot of good uh, coverage and content there to put out there on Baker. So we, we were all ready to see number five for Alabama offense. And we just explore out the bag. And it just did not happen. Once again, we're kind of chalking this up to COVID here. And we we were waiting to see him do something in the spring game, unfortunately, just did not have you know much to do at all there. You know, in the spring game. So for Baker, you know, when is it going to happen? When, when is he going to pop? When is he going to finally you know put those words he's been saying since last year into action? This is what you, the Alabama fan base, wants to know. This is what you're craving about. This is what you want to see. We, we, we good. That, it's great to hear you talk. It's good to hear you talk yourself up. And, and it's good to talk yourself up and have that confidence in yourself. But when does that talk become action? When does that talk become a verb? And we're actually seeing you putting this into play here. So that's what you want to see as fans. But when you get into Tracehawn Holden here for a minute, what's interesting about Holden is he and Bryce Young are roommates? This is interesting here. He and Bryce Young are roommates. He and Bryce Young, they've got this connection, they've got this chemistry, they've got this camaraderie going here, this, this brotherhood going here or hanging out together. They're probably playing Madden and 2K and NCAA on the on the Xbox or the PlayStation together. Like, like these two hang out a lot together. And that could be a big feather in Holden's cap to potentially pop, and here's why. If you look at just some of the quarterbacks at Alabama in the Nick Saban era, you know quite a few of them always had that one receiver that they really, truly vibed with. Case in point, A.J. McCarron, he vibed with Kevin Norwood. There was just something about the Tiger Killer and Kevin Norwood that A.J. McCarron just loved. I mean, they both came in the same class, the 0-9 class. They were both uber, uber competitive, and then... When it got to the games, you know, A.J., when he needed a big play, he hooked up with 83 Norwood that had a massive game in the 2012 BCS title game off the 2011 season, catching balls all on top of Tyron Matthews' head there. But you had, you know, Norwood doing that. and then Norwood doing his thing against LSU in the 2012 regular season, catching passes from A.J. I mean, even in the 2013 matchup, against Texas A&M at Kyle Field facing Johnny Football Manziel, you still had A.J. hooking up with Kevin Norwood. There was just something about Norwood that A.J. loved. This does not mean that Kenny Bell was bad or DeAndre White was bad or Amari Cooper was bad because he hooked up with Cooper as well. It was just something that just drew McCarran to Norwood. It's the same thing here when you look at Blake Sims. It was just something about Amari Cooper that made Blake Sims comfortable. They hung out together. They played blackjack together. They ate together. They did a whole bunch of stuff together. And where Sims was concerned, it just settled his spirit. It just did good to his soul when he saw number nine, Coop, catching the football. This doesn't mean that DeAndre White wasn't good or Christian Jones wasn't good. They were. But when Coop had the ball, it just gave Blake Sims a bit more confidence putting that ball out there. It's the same thing. When you look at you know, Jalen Hurts, he had great receivers around him. But when Calvin Ridley, number three, was on that field, it settled Jalen in. And it's the same thing you know, for, for Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones, he had that same type of confidence with Devontae Smith. So you've always had those guys that were able to have that relationship with that one receiver. And for you know Bryce Young, he's got that relationship here with, with Trayshon Holden. Now, at the same time, We've also had some quarterbacks that featured everybody. Tua Tanga he featured, you know, he featured Smitty, Ruggs, Judy, Waddle, and he even had, you know, some time to give, you know, Irv Smith a doggy bag, and Miller Forrestall a doggy bag, and uh you know, Najee Harris a doggy bag, catching passes out of the backfield. I'm gonna take something that our own John Ivory always says. John always says these folks be trying to get their stats up. They try to snap and go pro. All you need to do at Bama is have one season where you go off, you put together some good stats, you know you gonna go pro. That's coming from our own John Ivory. And, and I agree with John for real because. You look at Tua, he was able to feature everybody. That's part of the quarterback's job there. The same thing with Mac Jones. He was able to feature everybody. When you look at Smitty, Jalen Waddell, pre injury, John Mechie, and even gave some love out to Jaleel Billingsley, Miller Forrest, Najee Harris, and Xavier Williams. So we, we, we've seen this. So for, for Bryce Young, he's going to be taxed with sharing the love to everybody. But the big question here is. Of the two sophomore receivers that have been going back and forth about, I'm going to make everybody feel me. I'm going to make everybody respect me. I'm going to make everybody understand me in the room. Who is going to be that guy that's going to do that between Bo- between Baker and Holden? That's going to be interesting right there. Because, hey, because Aja Hall is a freak freak. Christian Leary is a freak freak. JoJo Earl. Freak, freak. I mean, you, 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 you got some young cats. They ready to pop right now. So if Baker and Holden trying to do something, now is the time that needs to be getting done. So it's going to be interesting to see. What happens? But as always, folks, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program—that being the Crimson Tide—you can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, if you're rocking team Apple Google Play Store if you got the uh, the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you right here: iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker. Overcast.fm, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio. Got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Friday. Continuing the conversation at Is Bama Football, as always, Tide Nation. You can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. Also. You're trying to be one of the first few to cop that new edition, print edition of Touchdown Alabama magazine, which is coming soon here. This is what you do. You go to touchdownalabama.com, you click join, become a member, become a subscriber today. That link will be found in the description also. And if you're trying to get your hands on that four finger bling neck and this four finger bling jewelry, courtesy of weownthefourthquarter.com, the fourth quarter.com, That link in the description also. But until next time, folks, husbands! Love you all. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing the right thing, the fun thing, the smart thing, the good thing, the legitimate thing to not be bored. You get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Get that rent pay like Jalen Hurts is doing for those Philadelphia Eagles and trying to be that starting quarterback. But until next time, folks, I'm your man Stephen M. Smith, and this has been In My Own Words.